Good morning. Good morning, Brother Joseph from Kenya. How are you? You guys, would it be springtime where you're at? Like, is it like springtime would be in America where everything's starting to bloom? Um, the trees are starting to sprout. You can smell the, the new life. I have to write down every day what I do, otherwise I would forget. Thank God, my friend, I have an amazing friend, gave me this daily planner. Um, I probably would have been so lost without it. And at first when she gave it to me, I was like, what am I going to do with that? Uh, why would I have such a thing? And I'm so grateful that she gave me this exodus because I'm like a month later, I make so many notes and I have to make notes of everything I do just to keep up Psalms 25.5. Okay, you guys, yesterday, yesterday, and I do want to specify, make sure my podcast, so you guys, you'll see my face a little red in the video. Podcasters, you won't be able to see this. So my face is a little red. Um especially down in my chin area because, and I will give a description of this, I am doing an at-home chemical peel. Um, the product that I got was cut from Platinum Skin Care. They uh, come in a six-pack of little vials, and you pick the percentage in which the chemical is. The first time I ordered this, it was 22%, and it was for very sensitive skin. Um, and I did that, it must have been the week after, it was the week after um, Valentine's. It must have been February 16th, I think, is when I started doing it. Um, and then, you know, I didn't do videos later that week. My face was really red. So I'm doing it again. And the purpose for a chemical peel is um, when I was younger, I used to break out very aggressively when I was 18, especially in my chin area. I went through a divorce, you guys, and I also broke out um, I broke out in my forehead pretty bad. I have pictures. It was pretty bad. So I have some deep-seated breakouts that continually come back. Um, and some scarring. So what it does is it helps open up the skin. It it uh, chemically peels away the old skin, is what it does. Sorry, you guys. It chemically peels away the old skin. It opens up the pores to air out what it is is that that causes those reoccurring breakouts. Um, and when I get these, they stay for a really long time, and so it's. It's frustrating. Um, and to be honest, I'm a picker. So uh, I've, I had to figure out a way to get rid of these. Um, so I did it. And I didn't do the whole thing because my friend Gina is supposed to do it with me. Thanks, Gina. Where were you? No, she's busy. Anyway, I try not to do that to friends. Sorry, Gina. But um, so I just did it anyway. And right now, and my chin area is the worst, so I can feel the dead skin tr starting to peel up. I can feel the old skin starting to peel up, and it's making that area, my chin area, from my nose down, that area very red. And I will go to work like this. I'm, I mean, it's just part of it. The things you wanna do to have good skin, if you wanna take care of yourself, um, do I suggest it? I do. I do recommend doing it. I personally would never pay anybody to do something I know I can do at home. But 
what I must say as a disclaimer before you even attempt it at home is review, 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 review. Review everything you find on YouTube. Not just one person. Don't just believe the first video you watch. Watch several people. Watch the video you would least likely watch and then watch the one that you you most likely would watch. Like what I did is I picked a video where the girl, at first I was like, she was really done up with a lot of makeup and I really didn't, I don't watch a lot of girls that wear a lot of makeup. I don't know if I trust that because they have to cover their face with so much makeup, but I did watch it just to see what their take was. And then I watched somebody who just naturally wears their skin, you know, bare without makeup and does it. So, and then I also watched one that just gave a full disclosure on what type of chemical peels. Now, I like platinum skincare. I do. I like they come in little vials. I like that they're um, cost effective. Um, it came fast. I got it in two days. So you guys, it's pretty exciting. I like doing stuff like this. It's a lot of fun. I don't dye my hair anymore, so I get to do stuff like this. And yesterday, you know, we touched up on some big stuff, you guys. That was a big one. I think it exhausted me. I'm very tired today. It was like God will push certain things out of me, and I'll research, research, research. And then I just have days the day after where I'm just so exhausted and I'm exhausted today so I'm not going to get too much into anything political I'm just going to get into the exodus and let's recap so in chapter 18 before we get to chapter 19 in chapter 18 that is when Jethro Moses's father-in-law um who apparently had his wife uh his daughter he packed them all up and he went to go see Moses because he heard, the, heard of the great things he had done for Egypt. And he saw that he saw the people come to Moses day in and day out. And they were, it's what was said, um, They come to inquire of God. When they have difficulty, they come to me. And I judge between one and another. That's what judging truly means. People have taken this word out of context, you guys. And I've really dwelled on this for a while. Um, that day, which was Tuesday, on this word. Because God has used me. I, I now look back and know why this was the first book I ever read in the in the Bible. And I, I was obsessed as a child. I loved the story. Um, Moses, he came from nothing and he murdered somebody. I mean, he was a sinful man and yet look how God used him uncircumcised. Oh, by the way, I found it in the Bible somewhere, you guys. Oh, I bet I can't find it. I know I highlighted it too. There is a place in the Bible, you guys, that states, why can't I find it? I'm not going to be able to find it now. I won't. There is a spot in the Bible, and... I thought I had highlighted it, and I probably did, but I'm not going to spend too much time looking that states it doesn't matter whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised as to whether you follow God or not, and this is in the New Testament. So anybody who wants to feel like the Old Testament is like the way it should be, I mean, it things changed with the sacrifice of Jesus, including the way God wanted people to love him. So I thought that little tidbit when I found it, I'm just not finding it right now. So you guys, the word judge has been slown around. I like the word submit. <clears throat> Dang. <clears throat> and um, the word judge. People coming to him to inquire about God and to help them with things, to understand. They don't understand what's right and wrong. 
And there's a lot of us in this world today that don't understand what right or wrong is. And before getting chapter 19, that's what I'm going to get into. A lot of us don't understand what right and wrong is. Just because it's not hurting somebody doesn't make it right. I used to be a very selfish person. And I used to think the way I was living was correct because I wasn't hurting anybody. Um, and when I look back, I realize I was living very selfishly. Um, I wasn't thinking about other people's feelings. Uh, I was just doing what satisfied the flesh. And that's the difference, you guys. Some of us follow our hearts and we're following God and we're doing what feels right to the soul. But before God... I was doing things that felt good to the flesh. And in turn, I thought that that made it okay because I wasn't hurting anyone. Can I give an example? What example would I give? I wasn't as proactive as a parent as I am now. I'll admit that. I I would be in the home, but I wouldn't be present. There's a difference. I would be on my phone. I would be doing research. I was never very present in my children's life. And they, they were a reflection of my behavior, behavior. We had a lot of problems going on in the home. And it all stemmed from me not being a participating parent as I should be. off and that was wrong it was very selfish of me to be that way I should have been thinking more I should have been um there was people in my life that I should have when you love people like your children um an unconditional love you I'm not saying you put their everyone's needs before you but love is an unconditional thing um you make sure they're taken care of and the needs that is required loving others i don't want to get it twisted either it's not it's it's serving someone i serve my children to love my children is to serve them the way they need to be served. Sometimes that's with guidance. Sometimes that's with loving acts. It just depends on the moment what God calls me to. I was never, ever used to be that way. I used to just take care of myself and I'll handle it myself. Um, and it was, that's a toxic thing to be. So you guys, I don't know how we got... Anyway, so the end of 18, Jethro goes, Moses, you're doing it a little bit wrong. If God commands you, you should separate everybody into a lawful system. See how God is creating a law? We have to have a judicial system. Even God commands it. He's creating it. God was the one who created a judicial system first. As you can see in the breakdown in chapter 18, when Jethro brought it up, you break it up. You break it up, somebody who's taking care of this huge group, and then they have somebody taking care of a smaller group, down to like where somebody's taking care of five, ten people apiece. It's a breakdown of government. How beautiful was that? As you see, God is creating a government himself. And he used Jethro to show Moses how to do it. How beautiful. So you guys, we're going to get in chapter 19. And the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. For they had departed from Raphidim and had come to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say, 
to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be special treasure to me above all people for all the earth is mine. This verse is, is, is said in Isaiah as well. I've called you by your name. You are mine. You are precious in my sight. And he's saying it now. When God calls you by your name. Okay. It's basically when God calls on you. And you'll know. You keep his covenants and you obey, even in the hard times. He treasures you. Guys, God blesses me in ways that would twist the human mind. There are things I get to see. There are things I get to enjoy. There are things God does for me. I know he does it because of my abounding love for him. I don't even know the word to state how much I love God. I'm I'm almost up there with Jesus. I can I can I will say that. But in a different degree. But that love God returns tenfold. And usually I give it away to others. You know, I share God's love. When you do these things, when you truly do it and you follow him obediently, him, you follow God. He rewards you in things that aren't flesh desires. Sometimes they, sometimes they are. Not really. You know, flesh desires would be like, I don't know, material things. Yeah, I've gotten things, but they were more fitting to my life. Um, but never just random flesh things. They were deeper, deeper meaning. Just wanted to state that. And you shall be me, a, and shu, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord commanded him. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. So Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. Let them be ready for the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all people. You shall set bounds for the people all around saying, Take heed to yourself that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Not a hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot with an arrow. Whether a man or beast, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sacked sanctified the people and they washed their clothes so you guys let's look up the word sanctified sanctified was huge last year i sanctified myself in god's love i sanctified my home and then i sanctified myself um it was a process to do this but in doing it i know that nobody will cross within this premises without God's permission. No one, not one person has without God allowing it. And that's just to make sure that nobody's coming in here spreading their spiritual germs. That's what I look at it as. 
And what I mean by that is, I'm getting lost here. So when I go to work, I'm a housekeeper, right? I clean rooms and sometimes sanctity, sanctify. When I go to work and I'm cleaning a stay over, which means somebody who's spending the night or somebody who's a weekly, who's a long stay, some of these guys are slobs, okay? I'm going to say it because I'm not saying any names. We get a lot of people who are slobs. I don't know how these men exist. I do. Life, it happens, but it's disgusting. Um, when I get home, I feel the grungy feel of all that. It's like dirty people have dirty souls. Their soul is contaminated. So everything they touch like is like dirty or messy or it's just slobby or it stinks. Like that's how people like that are. Um, I know because I've ex I'm experiencing it. So when I get home, I feel like I've been in a space like that for a long time and I feel kind of grody. So I have to like take off my work clothes. That's what I mean by spiritual terms, you guys. Is it a real thing? You betch. They, they call it like you start getting these spiritual ties to people. You start, it's, it's like being dirty in a different way. My soul feels the grime. If you're aware of your soul. If you're aware of your soul. Uh, I think President Biden, and you guys listen, I've been saying his name wrong. I do apologize. It's President Biden, not O'Biden, because I keep mixing it up with Obama, even though they're one and the same. President Biden. I don't know if they have a soul. They have a soul, but it's somewhere wandering, meander out in the field because they don't know how to pray and have hope. As stated by their senators, remember, they said those words. Senator Schumer? I won't forget that name. But President Biden allowed it. Stop me when I lie. And fact check me on that one too. Sanctify. To set apart as sacred or holy. To dedicate to religion as to sanctify the Sabbath. To make free from sin. To make holy or saintly. By grace. Grace is like a, a loving forgiveness, you guys. When I feel grace from God, when I feel grace from other people, it's like a loving forgiveness. God is a loving forgiveness. That's where the grace comes from. To sanctify is to be made holy. Um, I had to have that week with God because of what he has me do. Um do and say things that require me to be sanctified so that if he needs to correct me, he can. He has to be able to come through me and state, you're wrong, Christine, and you need to, you know, you need to address this. Um, and I have been wrong. The other day I wanted to talk about fermentation, I think is what it was. It's the space above the world. It was a separation of something. I wanted to talk about it. But what I thought it was, I realized as I was reading it, I wasn't quite, I didn't have enough knowledge on it. And I what I would have said would have just been a vague understanding of that. So, and it was God who brought that down and was just like, not today. And so, you know, being sanctified is a process doesn't just have a, oh, I'm sanctified. You have to do things to allow God to sanctify you. You have to allow God to work through you. You fast. I had to fast that week. I had to fast all last year, but I was fasting. So God was cleansing my physical body of things, as well as he was spiritually working through me, moving me and having me do things to, you know, flow that love through me. And allow him to work through me. And that's how he sanctified me. As well as get rid of anything from my past on my home. That was another thing he had me do. To sanctify me and my home for him. So that's sanctification, you guys. From my experience. That's how God did it. But if you want God to sanctify you, you have to ask him and allow him to guide you. The way he sanctified me, you know, will be is personal to me. 
The way he'll sanctify you will be personal to you. But you have to ask God. A lot of people don't ever ask God. I've asked people this. Have you asked God? They get a vague answer. A very vague answer. Nobody ever really wants to answer that question. Well, have you asked God? I wish somebody... Yeah, I have asked God. People ask me. I ask God all the time. I have to. I'd be lost. So continue. Um... So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people and they washed their clothes. And he said to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not come near your wives. You notice this too, you guys. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people and they washed their clothes. This is what I mean. Even in biblical days, right there, that fine little detail, we catch things on our clothing that is spiritually toxic okay so when i'm cleaning rooms at a hotel room and i'm cleaning somebody else's room and so say their soul is toxic um and then i go home and start sitting on my furniture and i start touching things without washing my hands i'm spreading that person's toxicity from their soul and it ends up touching my things okay I'm really weird about it I am and I I'll admit it but we need to be weird about these things you are allowing another soul's contamination within your home and eventually your home ends up being a little dimmer um that's why many of us go through you'll see women go through spurts and I go through this sometimes where I just go on a cleaning spurt I have to clean everything. I'm cleaning everything. I mean, because I have kids, they come home from school, it happens. But schools aren't what do it. Schools are full of children who are loving. It's adults. It's us adults. It's always the adults. And he said to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not come near your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there was thunder and lightnings and a thick cloud in the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in a fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And I believe this, you guys, because when God made his presence known to me, I felt like my whole apartment building, good morning, Vinay, was shaking. So when God makes his presence known in such a way, it feels like this. You feel the world shaking. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered to him by voice. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, go down and warn the people lest they break through to gaze at the Lord and many of them perish. Also let the priests who came near the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. But Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to the Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, Set bounds around the mountain and consecrate it. Consecrate it. Then the Lord said to him, Away, get down, then come up, you and Aaron, with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up, to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and spoke to them. And that is the end of chapter 19. There's a thing about looking upon God. I've never looked upon God, you guys, and I've had God's presence right, just right here. But I couldn't open my eyes. My flesh just wouldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. So the concept of looking upon God's face, I don't know if that would ever happen for me in this lifetime. Um, We can see God through people. I know that God has came through people I have met. Um, 
so God is preparing. He's preparing something. Okay. He's having the men be sanctified to cleanse themselves, to prepare themselves for something. I don't know what yet. Um, and God now wants the priest to be consecrated. Let's look up that word. Consecrated. Good evening, Vinay. I hope you're having a beautiful evening where you are at. Consecrate. Watch it not be in here. Oh, that's why, because I'm looking up the... Consecrate. To declare sacred or holy, to set apart or to devote the service of God, to make sacred. So sanctify is to be made holy. Consecrate is to declare sacred or holy, to set apart, to devote. Two separate words. So sanctify is the process of making holy. Consecrate is to declare, I'm going to be this for God. Um, so when it says, when God said, set bounds around the mountain and consecrate it, declare it to be holy. So God wanted... Moses to set bounds around this mountain in which God was going to descend on as such like this. He was going to, he's descending on it in a cloud of smoke and he wanted bounds set around it and nobody touch it and to consecrate it, which means to declare that this mountain was going to be holy. And I believe the reason for that, and I am going to allude is because God is just, when he creates a premise of a holy temple, as he's trying to do now with people, that when they, when they come to him, it's a holy thing. He's trying to teach them how to honor, respect, and obey, and to understand and embed the concept of holy, what it takes to be, because they haven't even built the tabernacle yet. The tabernacle later comes in this chapter, okay? So God in degrees is teaching the people how holy he is, how to respect him, how to obey him, and how to make sure to be sanctified before approaching him. Because not, you have to be, you can't be coming in there guns blazing, just doing whatever you want, running over God. It's like trying to, it's like a child in a home trying to run over the parent. It's just not a correct way to be. This is God, our creator. He wants us to obey and love him. And in order to teach us that, he has to go through these and set these very clear bounds in place because if you don't set bound, clear bounds in place I know this if you don't set clear boundaries in place for people around you they will run all over you so God knew this if I don't set these certain standards these laws in place all these people are going to start climbing up this mountain that I've descended on and there will be no law in order there will be no you know, what would be the word? There would be no peaceful way, no organization in what I'm trying to do with them. They're not going to listen. They're just going to start rampaging and do whatever they think they want to do. So you guys, the verse from today comes from Psalms. Chapter 25. I love Psalms. Psalms was written by David. David was a man after God's own heart. And listen, David committed the worst of worst sins. He had hundreds of concubines, which back then were like 
what you would consider today a man having an affair with several women, they would be like the side chick. They would be the other woman. Concubines were just those women that came around and men were sleeping with, but he had hundreds of them. He also had uh, one of his warriors, who was one of the greatest, had a wife, um, Bathsheba? I think was her name. And he wanted her. David saw her and he wanted her. And we'll get to David later on in the Bible at some point. Um, And he took her. And she had another, she had a husband, which was his greatest warrior. So instead of facing what he had done, she also got pregnant. He had the man killed so that he could have her all to himself. But somehow it ended, and I don't know how it ended, David ended up in prison, and that's where he wrote the Psalms. Anybody who's been through a struggle, if if you've read or read through the Psalms, or ask God to show you which Psalm is true to you, you will feel it. You will feel the pain that David feels. So chapter 25 Verse 5, it says, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all day. See, I think during this time, God liked to make David wait because, see, he was teaching David that you can't just have whatever you want whenever you want like you did when you were a king. Just because you see it, it doesn't mean it's for you. You have to earn it from me, David. Now look at you. You're in prison. So now I'm going to make you wait and learn to wait for the good things to come instead of taking whatever you desire. Because you ruined yourself and you were meant to do great things. So now I have to retrain you myself in jail. Ooh, I was just like David. I've lived the Bible, you guys. I've lived it. Because this is what God did to me in jail. This very same thing. Lead me in your truth and teach me. Here's the thing about this, you guys. Lead me in your truth. That means God's truth. He's saying, God, lead me in your truth, okay? This is why we do not follow other people in their footsteps with God. We don't. Even if you attend a church, if you really want to walk with God, you have to make time every day to talk with God, not talk to God. Not just empty out and say things to him. Talk with. You have to create a communication system with God. Whether that be via journaling, via talking. You know, when I talk to God, sometimes it's out loud. Sometimes it's just in my head. Sometimes he'll speak to me in little things. You know, I'll see nature in its pure essence. And I'll see God talking to me in that. And he'll just, he'll talk to me. Talk to me. I'm staring at the sun, the moon, the clouds, all of that. Take your pick. You can talk to God any way you want to. Um, but you have to go to him for the truth. A pastor will never be able to tell you what your truth is. No human flesh could ever have told me what my truth was. They've guided me. Now, here's the thing. I've had great pastors who have guided me. I've had great mentors in my life who have shown me, you know, their way. But those people also told me I needed to find my own way. That's how you know when somebody is authentic with God. When they say to other people, you can't do it my way. You have to find your own way with God. You have to. Otherwise, you will just be lost in this world. Teach me your truth. 
Oh, lead me in your truth and teach me. God did lead me. Lead means to submit, you guys. Lead me in your truth. It means to submit to God and allow him to show you what's true to you. I had to submit in this last course. This last course I'm taking was about organ trafficking. Okay? When I first started this class, I was bound and determined that the right thing to do was create more laws and, and punish you know, the people that are doing this illegal more, you know, stricter laws, less freedom. And God showed me through a series of just himself, through the research I was doing, nobody else showed me this, through the research I was doing, he began to show me uh, the importance of freedom and what that really meant. What I was trying to do was hinder people from, you know, choosing the way they wanted to live. So, lead me in your truth and teach me. It means submitting to God and allowing him to show you what's true to you. And those sometimes are difficult lessons. For you are the God of my salvation, and on you I wait all day. Nobody else can save you in this world but God. No one. There is no amount of money, no handout, there is no system, no group, no person, even in a relationship. Your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, none of that. They can't save your soul. You have to go to God to get that and make yourself right. You are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all day. And many people nowadays, right now, are complaining because the way they feel inside is grinding them. They feel this. And in that grind, they're reflecting it out into the world. That anger, that resentment, which really is deep-seated insecurity and pain. That's what's going on right now with all these protestings, these anger things, all of this. is deep-seated insecurity and pain. But they're not going to the one who can fix that. Nobody can fix the inside of that except for God. Truly. I tried on my own. I tried for years. I tried. I even got sober and tried on my own. But I could never get rid of that grinding inside of me until I turned to God. So you guys recap. Exodus chapter 19. God's still breaking the people down. As you can see through the word, God creates a lawful system. He's creating a judicial system before our very eyes. This is the first government ever established, and it was established by God, which means we need government, and God needs to be part of it. We need to be in prayer. I mean, God's showing us how to do it. You need to break it down. And if you were to put it in a picture term, how they're breaking it down is you need to have... Just like America, you need to have the federal, then you need to have the state government, and then you need to have the counties, and then you need to have the cities. And in my home, I'm the governing unit here. I govern what goes on. But I allow my kids freedom. Like, just do your very best. My kids don't do anything that requires me to, I don't know, punish them. But there really isn't nothing I wouldn't allow them to do. And when I do that, they're not out seeking validation and sneaking around and doing things that they shouldn't do. You know, I support all the things they do. So they're out seeking healthy things for themselves. That's what I realized about freedom. Like when you allow people freedom, they'll do what's right for them. They will. Um. So he's... He's telling Moses, you know, have the people sanctified. Wash your clothes. That's a big one nowadays, you guys. I've seen people. Go days without baths and or shower. And just wear the same grimy clothes all day. Especially men. Because where I work at. 
It's a lot of working men. They just take their pants off that's really grimy. They never really keep their stuff clean. So all their things smell that way. And that's what happens when you don't take care of yourself. You begin to smell that way. That leads into other areas of your life, including your soul. Your soul will feel that way. You will feel icky until you start being a better person in this world, taking care of yourself. It starts with self. You have to take care of yourself. And God said it. Wash their clothes. Sanctify yourself. Consecrate and create boundaries around the mountain. Declare it to be holy. I want you guys to think about sanctifying. To sanctify self. I have videos on it. I think I was doing podcasts then too. I think you guys. I think. You know what you guys? I think it's been one year since I've been, I was laid off of work. And I'm going to end it on that. One year ago, I was laid off of work. There was some things going on in my life. That wasn't the only thing that God had me let go out of my life. So, some of the worst emotions. That was a terrible week. I was very inwardly distraught, emotionally just shredded. And, um... And then the job thing happened. I thought we would have another month, but my boss called me in and she's like, this is your last day. Um, it was everybody's last day, you guys. It wasn't just me, it was everybody's. And I knew because of something prior that week I had done, that God was just taking me down another road and just to trust him, you guys. I was a pretty... I wanted to feel self-pity, to be honest. I really did. I I was just like, beside myself, this other thing really just was kind of ripping at my heart. And then, um, of course, my job. And I was like... Uh, and then they, my kids weren't... Uh, they no longer had school. But after about a week of sulking... And feeling self-pity for myself. Poor me. Poor Christine. That's what it was. I'll admit it. Poor me. Um, God really brought me out of that. And I started going for walks. I started exercising. I started fasting. Um, I started doing videos. I'll have to pull up when I did my first actual Daily Bread video. I have to look back. God finally worked me up to that point. But what he was really doing in the process of that, my children staying home, me being laid off, me being removed. God literally removed me from everything that I had in my life, everything that I was attached to, everything that I was part of. He said, no more, Christine. I need to sanctify you. You are under construction. And you're going to have to start facing these things you're avoiding. And that's what really happened. I went through some stuff. God was healing me by cleansing me of some deep-seated stuff. And it took, it took a few months. It took, like, it took a while. It took into this last year, actually, if I'm being honest. So you guys, that was a year ago for me. What about a year ago for you? Think about it. Not just even the sanctifying. What about a year ago? What was your life like a year ago? Think about it. Recap on that. What was your life like a year ago? What can you find that's a blessing in it from till now? When you start finding the good in everything, that's you finding God in all things. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That's how you find God in all things. Sorry, guys. I'm so I'm really tired. Wow. Um, that's how you find God in all things. You start finding the good, the blessing. What good really happened? 
the worst moments in my life were actually the best moments of my life, you guys. So that is God's daily bread for today. I want to thank each and every one of you for stopping by and listening. Brother Joseph from Kenya. Vinay, love seeing you stop by and saying hi. To my mom, Joan, I know you'll stop by. Um, to my Patreon viewers, to the podcast viewers, to the YouTube viewers. I love you guys. Remember, you are all valuable in this world. You all serve a great purpose and you matter each and every one of us. God bless.